We are SC Podcast. Gary Pasqua is joined by Pete Arbogast. And uh, Pete, we are sitting here as this is the summertime edition. And uh, <laughs> you and I just want to talk about sitting down and, and discussing a bunch of topics about the Trojans. So you being a Venice resident, uh, we are deciding to meet here at... Hanano's. World famous we, Hanano's. Where else would we be? Enjoying a nice cheeseburger, a beautiful... Uh, sunny afternoon in the summer, and we're going to talk some Trojan football and break this thing Everybody down. needs a watering hole, <laughs> and this is at the base of the Santa Monica Pier, and it's the only one of the watering holes here that's not a tourist trap, so it's the local place, mm-hmm. and, and if you're, you know, sawdust on the floor, and sure. the, at night the place is hopping, there's live music here, so it's all good. And this is uh, this is the spot we've been talking about doing this year for years, and uh, <laughs> and here we're finally making it happen. So as we're sitting here right now, Pete, we're a little less than a month away from the Trojans uh, meeting back up for fall camp. We were talking about a media day is coming up here in a couple of weeks, so that that air of college football is starting to sniff around again. As we're sitting in this spot, what what are your thoughts on the Trojans right now and what's coming up this the, year? The first thing that happens for me is right at the end of May mm-hmm. when the uh, the magazines show up at the local Ralphs. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and so now I've got the magazines and the weather is switching and I take the chair down to the beach and I just flip through the magazines. For like two weeks I'm just going, and for the first time you're just going really fast through it, and the next time you're looking at all the teams you're going to play, mm-hmm. and then you're eventually looking at everybody. Looking at everything. So, you know, you can really get in. And, you know, there's four or five of those that come out, and they kind of piggyback each other. Mm-hmm. So you've got a good month of work to do. Work, in quotations, well, air quotations. This, this is hard stuff. But what, what I find is about these magazines now is they get printed so far ahead. Oh, it, and, oh. and, and, there, and there's just times that things are obvious. I don't want to say guesses. you got to be first. got to be first sometimes, but that also, you know. This and this is going to happen. Well, no, maybe not. Ja- Jackie Jones is set to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, for the Trojans. maybe not. Yeah, well, maybe not. So, <laughs> the, things do change a little bit as the summer goes along. I, um, you know, I always drink the Kool Aid, Gear. Uh, I always think we're going to be great when yeah. we when we when the season hasn't started yet, and when mm-hmm. the season's over and we haven't been great, great. Uh, then I scratch my head and, and say, I'm never going to drink the Kool Aid again. And I'm drinking the Kool Aid. Uh, I think this is going to be a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the quick answer is that they're they'll probably win the Pac-12 South. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll probably lose the Pac-12 championship game, and they'll probably maybe go back to the Holiday Bowl. And I'm hoping to God they beat uh, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. Right, something right. like that. That would be a nice season. Mm-hmm. And I would mm-hmm. take that with a brand new quarterback uh, being the real piece of the puzzle that we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. That we don't know. It's but he, no matter how no matter great he is, he is yeah. he's if Daniels is the guy, and I think he will be, and we'll talk more about that. Certainly, he's still a freshman. He's mm-hmm. not. He's not just a true freshman. He's a sub true freshman. I mean, guy got out early from high school, so that's a real question mark. No matter who he is, mm-hmm. and, and it is interesting. Like you say, USC is kind of the presumptive favorite for. The Pac-12 South. Now, like a lot of people saying, okay, SC Washington in the Pac-12 title sure. game. And if that happens, those, those going into the season, those probably are the two best uh, teams. Sign the, the deal right now. Sign the deal right now because I, you know, I, I think, and we'll, we'll break it down more. But I think you do look at this defense right now for the Trojans, and boy, that's that's what I'm hanging my hat on every time I come back to it. When you see it in the summer workouts, boy, there's a lot there. They look strong, and fast, and talented. And the best part of it all is that they're deep. Uh, they've got guys in the second line that could come in and play and play a lot and play well. You're not worried about putting them in, and that's an important thing that since the sanctions have finished, we have not been able to say on both sides of the ball. Well, now we, we're able to say it a little bit more and a little bit more as the cupboard becomes more and more full. Um, I'm impressed with the defense. I think there's some guys that are going to have uh, much better seasons than they've ever had before, uh, and it will keep a young quarterback on the offensive side of the ball, no matter who it is, uh, from having to fret too much because mm-hmm, they're going to mm-hmm. keep them in the game, mm-hmm. uh, especially early in the season against teams like Stanford and Texas. They'll keep SC in the game, and, and let, maybe the defense lets the offense catch up. And, and that's been one of the things I want to I want to kind of segue into Clay Helton here here to start. Um, that opening part of the season, you're going to have a quarterback competition, um, and we all know how things went two years ago. I think that was the first big decision that Clay Helton was faced with as a head coach. And, and I, I think even in hindsight, he would say, you know what, I, I, there's some things I would do different. But now he's going to have it in practice now 
to make that kind of thing again because you do have two tough road games out of your first three games. You can't be dilly-dallying around with going on the road to Stanford and going on the road to Texas. So where do you see Clay Helton at just in, in command of this program right now? I thought he made the right decision a couple mm-hmm. of years ago uh, and, and brought the new quarterback, Darnold, in at the right time, not throwing him to the Wolves against those teams at the start of the season. I thought that, that changeover occurred at the right time. I thought okay. they were unlucky to lose that Utah game. Oh, man. And and had they won that game, that's a, it's a little bit of a different look to the season. It would season. be very much a different look. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen this time around, and I think he's got firm understanding of this. And here's why. Uh, if we're going to let the cat out of the bag as far as JT Daniels is concerned, if he's as good as advertised, and by all accounts, having watched him in high school and seeing all the film and knowing what people are saying about him and the coaches are saying about him, how smart he is and all that stuff, he's a three-year guy. Mm-hmm. You're only going to have him for three years. Mm-hmm. So if you don't start him this year, then you've got the same problem next year, and now you only have him for two years. Uh, I don't see any way that he's not the starting quarterback at least – after the Texas game is over, mm-hmm. if not right at the start of the season. And I think it'll be at the start of the season, personally. Yeah. Uh, and I would agree with that. And I, I think part of that is when you go out to the PRPs this summer and you see what's going on, um, I think Matt Fink and Jack Sears, I, I, I think both of them have good qualities to be a starting quarterback. I, I am surprised more with uh, Sears, um, having seen him in high school. Uh, I would be hoping for him to be mounting more of a challenge right now. But when you go out there, at the very least, Pete, they're, they're all even when you look out there. And I would even say JT's throwing the better ball, JT's throwing the better timing. If he's doing that just in his first four practices and summer workouts, like you say, I'm guessing by the time full camp, fall camp rolls around, he's already got a pretty good mental grasp of the playbook and everything. I'm going with the younger guy as well. So I, I'm with you. I would be almost surprised at this point if he isn't the starter at the beginning of the and season. And then what happens to the other guys? Well, that's put a big part of the, the equation. They're uh, not both going to stick around. Uh, I, I, can make, I, I, I can make an argument if you're sitting there saying, okay, if Jack Sears is, is really your number two, and that's a guy who you're one step away, so Jack Sears stays. I think what you talk to Matt Fink about, if indeed that scenario comes about, you are likely, this is your third year, at the end of this third year, you're probably getting set to graduate um, at the end of this year. Why transfer now? Wait till after this year. And you can go anywhere you want. Go anywhere you want for two years of eligibility with an SC degree. In Do your those pocket. two guys believe that they're going to be professional quarterbacks? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, if they don't, they should just stay at SC, get a nice SC degree, have a good time, play a little football, and and uh, move along. And that's what I would say to Matt Fink. I think Matt Fink is a terrific athlete in a real good size body, and I think he's a good football player. Uh, what I've always said about Matt going back to high school, I don't know if he has the consistency of the arm mm-hmm. to be an SC But we haven't seen these guys. We haven't we don't seen know. these guys. But seeing him back into high school and seeing what we see from him, that would be my read right now. Uh, Jack Sears, I think, does. I think Jack Sears is one of these guys, when you turn the lights on, me play football, okay, I know how to do that. Um, well, then Fink looked good last year. Well, certainly on that six one, plays right. that he played. <laughs> six plays that he played. So is there another spot that he could fit an offense? And you're only a heartbeat away. You're only a heartbeat away. So I, I don't think one – I think you can make a really good case for both of them stay in no matter what. Um, and who knows, maybe one of them rises up in fall camp and becomes our starter at the beginning of the season. You never know. Or does one change over and become Matt Castle mm-hmm. and, and play a little tight end, some special teams, and then goes to the pros and has a 20-year career. You know, now, who knows? Isn't that amazing that Matt Castle is the one – Still standing. Good for him. Good for yeah, him. Good for him. 33, 33 snaps. Good on you, boy. Good on you. As he said, I'm behind Carson and Matt lineup the whole time. Neither one of them get a hangnail. Something to get out of the lineup. <laughs> they, they they never did. So, like you say, that that's going to be the first decision kind of facing Clay. I do, I do think he's in a more secure place right now. So many other things, Pete, with this uh, with this team. He is showing really masterful jobs in recruiting, in yes. the substance of the program, the, the way that he's dealing with players. That you know, time after time, you hear people say, "I'd love for my son to play for Clay Helton." Yes. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think there are areas in, in some of the teams, some of the schemes, and everything that, uh, with any coach, that's a growth area. But as you're sitting here heading into the season, what are some of the key areas you're sitting there seeing, picking a quarterback? Offensive line, scheme, defense is pretty good. What are some of the areas you're looking and at? And I'll ask you, isn't, isn't this really his fourth season as yes, head I, coach? I would, sure, sure. So we're talking about two Pac-12 South championships and a Pac-12 championship. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. And a, and a BCS bowl, if you will, you know, a, a New Year's Six bowl 
and two Holiday Bowls against quality mm-hmm. Big Ten teams, mm-hmm. uh, a win and a loss against Nebraska and Wisconsin. These are, you know, these aren't directional schools. No, these, they are not. <laughs> these are good teams. Um, and that Wisconsin team ended up being pretty good last year, as mm-hmm. I recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, the anomaly there was that we did not play well against Ohio State. Didn't even play well, and and I would add Notre Dame to that as well. And Ohio and Alabama. And Alabama. So, so there have been there there are some glaring weaknesses with this team when it comes to the national picture, and and they start up front. Okay, so let's go back and talk about Clay. I agree with he's a coach. He's a parents coach. He's a players coach. He's a coaches coach, and he's a media coach. Everybody loves him, mm-hmm. and he's straightforward. He's no BS. Mm-hmm. He tells you what he means to say, and when he doesn't want to tell you anything, he'll tell you, I can't talk about that, or I don't want to talk about that. And he tells you that. That's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. It's straightforward. Exactly. It's, not, it's not being BS. Uh, that's what you get from a guy like that. He's a, he's a, a genuine human being. Mm-hmm. How many of those you got in pro college uh, football? I'm not counting them on too many hands. Okay. Yeah. All right. In, anywhere, in any profession. Uh, Never mind the political uh, uh, climate. Um, it's uh, it's heartwarming to see a guy like that succeed because you root for him as a man, uh, as a human. Uh, and then he surrounds himself with uh, good assistant coaches. Some of them are very young and are learning on the job, which is fine because they're going to be good assistant coaches themselves, really good. Uh, some of those young kids are going to be head coaches in college mm-hmm. football someday. Mm-hmm. Um and he, they recruit, like you said, they recruit the heck out of the thing, and now you got to coach them up. Um, so everybody's complaining about being in the national picture and not just being in the conference picture, uh, and and that's the next step. That's that the next, next step, step that has to be taken. Well, the next step can only be taken with the depth that I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. You have to have second and third string guys that are as good as your first string guys see Alabama that you can rely on if somebody goes down and we haven't had that since certainly during the sanctions but not even since the sanctions right. the sanctions last long way longer than the sanctions lasted and we're just coming out of that last year and now this year here we go we've got a pretty good defense and some depth the offense quite has, hasn't quite caught up to mm-hmm. that yet mm-hmm. um, but I expect that to happen in the next year or two and then we're back we're back and it's all over. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. once that happens, then we'll be, we should, we should be back in the national picture at that point. Right. And I don't think I, that's happening yet. I, I would agree with you because, like you say, you look at the defense, every, everywhere you look, my gosh, they're, 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 there's two, three solid deep at, yep. at every position. Yep. And what I really like about the defense for this year is, is the, the senior leadership, the veterans guys, so many guys who could have gone to the NFL, it would not at all have surprised you, and they all came back. And so you, that's a lot. You, Porter Gustin, Cam Smith, uh, Marvell Tell, Biggie Marshall, at, at every level, that, that, that's a guy who could be in the NFL right now and guys who have played a lot of football for the Trojans. So I really, really like that. If they put up the kind of negative numbers that I expect them to, uh-huh. to be one of the top defenses in the country numbers-wise, statistics-wise. Mm-hmm. Pro scouts will then start paying very close attention to the members of that unit because of those numbers, mm-hmm. and they'll probably will have improved their draft status as a result of having all stayed together. I, I would agree with that. And then what do you think about this, You know, like you say, the uh, so much increased depth and, and the talk with Clancy Pendergast, hey, Clancy doesn't rotate a lot of guys, he doesn't do that. And he has said in spring, hey, I, I have the guys now. Right. I, I, I can do that. That's all that is. And, and, and you look around and you look at nose tackle, you know, Brandon Peely, Marlon Tuipiloto, Jay Tupele. Well, that's a lot of guys. You, know, you look at the linebacker depth and, you know, holy cow, some of these guys, a Levi Jones, we can't get on the field yet. Um, th- these are good football players. <laughs> Which is players. ridiculous. Well, yeah, these are good football players yeah. out there. So that's what really gets me excited about this defense is, boy, now if you can really rotate and fly around with this group, who even these second string guys have been with him for two, three years now. And rotations come with uh, blowout wins, which helps. You yeah. know, if you get way ahead, then you can you can stand to put some of those guys in and get them some time. and. Uh, that may not happen right away if the, when the season gets underway, but as it goes on, he'll be able to do that. And I'm glad that he he realizes he's got better guys now. He's got more better guys. Right. That's what it is. Right. And and he'll be able to use his talent in a more creative way. And we flip it over on offense. I think one of the things that uh, 
is probably the chief complaint among you, uh, my fans on the message boards and people that are watching USC right now is, okay, we, we have an offense that we know can score, an offense that we know can put up numbers, um, but when you get to an Ohio State game, when you get to an Alabama and, and Notre Dame, that's big boy football. That's the kind of football that you and I grew up on with USC, and USC has never had a problem matching up and imposing will, you know, maybe every now and then, but we've had some – those three losses were notable. And to get, to get back to that national stage, to get there, the ability to power run game when you need to power run game. And is that our scheme anymore? Is that our identity? It kind of feels like we're caught in a halfway point right now yeah. on, on what we want to be. And that's one of the more interesting things I want to see this year. I'm intrigued by the addition of Tim Drevno to the staff. Yeah. And it does seem to fit. If you're going to have an inexperienced quarterback, no matter who it is, you've got some good running backs and you've got a veteran offensive line. It may not be the 79 offensive line, <laughs> no. but it's a veteran offensive line. And so if you can add that element more to your offense, I think that would bode well. I'm going to throw out the Notre Dame game from last year. Okay. And, and, and here's why. It, it fell apart due to mistakes and fell apart quickly, and all of a sudden you're way behind. And I thought we – I hate to say it, but I thought we gave up a little bit. I just I, – it's like it was that kind of night, and Notre Dame was on fire – and, and they just kept foot on throat, as they say. And I thought we just kind of hung our heads a little bit that day. And I, I was a little disappointed about that, but it's certainly human nature and understandable when things go that way, mm-hmm. especially on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't throw that into the same pile as I do the Ohio State game or the Alabama game where we were manhandled. Um, I, I, I say that under normal circumstances in a neutral field and we don't make the mistakes we made, and that's a lot of ifs, mm-hmm. uh, that we play Notre Dame better straight up. Maybe we lose, but we play them better anyway. Um, we, but big boy football is exactly right. We didn't do anything particularly wrong against Ohio State, I didn't think. A couple things, but the things we did wrong, they kind of made us do wrong. The, 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 the forced interception, the scramble, mm-hmm. that kind of... Mm-hmm. Ohio State was kicking our butt on the on the line on both sides of the football uh sure we were in the game for a half a minute you know but when you if you're a football guy you look down and watch what was happening down there you know exactly what was happening and in the second half when it got to 24 7 it was cat and mouse for the rest of the game they weren't even trying to score they just took his foot off again oh they're just they're just playing with us it's a dead mouse on the stairs you know they're just playing with us and we're Al- not used to being in that position. No, no. And, and it was nice of him to do so, I thought. And Alabama did not do that now. No. no. Um, and Lane Kippen on that staff? He might have had something <laughs> to do with that, certainly. Uh, and then you look back to the Alabama game, and we had them backed up third and 17 on the first series of the second mm-hmm. half. And if mm-hmm. you hold them, you make them punt the ball to midfield, and maybe you score, and you're back in the game. Instead, they go 70 on the next play, and the game's over. Things can happen. I mean, we weren't the better team in either of those games. So big boy football is the name of the game, and we don't have the big boy football to compete on the national level just yet. Uh, It's getting closer, getting closer. We're getting the the depth on the defensive side, as we mentioned, and the offensive side needs to get the same thing. And the offensive line, even with all these guys that are coming back this year, is still in my mind as a fan, never mind a broadcaster, Uh as a fan, I look at the offensive line and go, boy, I hope we're better than we were last year. And that we should be because we're older and more experienced. But I want to see it on the field. i got to see it. I think a lot of people are taking that, that approach, you know, the counter argument to being that, okay, well, it's the same guys, just a, a year older. I mean, we can um, dominate Pac-12 teams on occasion on the line, but uh, how's it going to look in Austin? There, there's your key. That's because – to get that tech next step, to get to that national yeah. level again, that, that that is the key. We'll find out. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. That's going to be a big, you know, you'll know in that Texas game, depending on how we do in that Texas game, what our national picture looks like. You're not going to learn that against UNLV and Stanford necessarily. Well, I think Stanford. That is a little. Stanford. That's a good team. That's a good team waiting for us this year. Uh, Bryce Love, a good tailback. Yeah, sure. Jay Costello. But, yeah, the, the Texas one, I do expect 
that was a hell of a football game last year. You bet. And Tom Herman as the, and now we're going down there at night and it, you oh, know, it's going to be crazy. Hello, the world's if, biggest drum and you know if they still have that Colin Johnson with a six six receiver who just he uh, was really good. Kind of had his way. He was really good. And <laughs> and Bevo will be there and it'll be all exciting. Hey, who doesn't? I mean, what what an atmosphere that's going to be. Let's go in Austin. That's going to be a lot of fun. Can't so. wait. Uh, I, you know, as you know, and you and I talk about all the time. I look forward to to new opponents mm-hmm. in new states. At new stadiums that I've never been to. Right. Now, right. I, I've got, what, 14 years left in my career, give or take. Uh, and so, you know, those opportunities don't come along every year. Here comes one now. It's not, it's Texas. We played them, but not in Austin not in and Austin. not in that I stadium. Yeah, so I'm okay. looking forward to that. G- 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 give me this. Uh, we'll veer away for a second. Uh, give me three places you haven't done a game yet that in those next 14 years – well, well, I'd we'll love to go. I'd list. love to go to LSU. Okay. I'd love to go to the Big House. Of course, Big House. I think is on everybody's list. Pretty much seeing, you know, Knoxville would be pretty fun. Yes, it would. Because there, there's 106,000 people sitting in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, any of the Floridas down there would be all right. But I think. Did I, you go? Were you back for Florida State no, there? Okay. No. I think uh, I think Big House and LSU are the two that I'd like to see in person. Yeah. Uh, it just it just feels right. I, I would certainly. I, I love the LSU one. I put Big House probably at the top of the list. Yeah. Uh, for that to see that environment. Yeah, it's been. I mean, SC hasn't gone back there since 1957. I think. Okay. Yeah, that's too long. Come on. Well, see, in the next 14 years, let's see if we let's can make go. that happen. That'd be a lot of fun. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down a, just a I'm gonna, wait, I'm gonna back one up because I okay, okay. I, I know I haven't actually talked to Steve Lopes about this, and he does the scheduling. The, mm-hmm. the, Senior associate athletic, senior administrator. Anyway, he's a huge mucky muck in the sure. athletic department. He's a great guy. Uh, ran into him and, and uh, Matt at a Dodger game the other day. Okay, I was coming out of the parking lot and the Dodgers had just given up nine runs in the sixth. That we all left, and I saw them. Um, well, I, in twenty twenty three, to celebrate the hundredth anniversary of the Coliseum. Uh-huh. Uh I don't care who we're playing, oh. but I'd like to bring back Pomona and Oxy. To, now, it, it, the first game ever played there was USC's freshman team against Santa Ana Junior College. First okay. game ever played in the Coliseum okay. to lead up to a USC game that was next. The USC played Pomona, I think. But So let's bring Pomona back for sure and let them play Oxy in a game, you know, f- f- at 10 in the morning, and then we'll play at 5 in the afternoon and, and have, have the fans from Oxy Pomona come and play a game on the 100th anniversary of the Coliseum. I think it would be it. awesome. Love and the other one. I, on the 100th anniversary of the SC Notre Dame game mm-hmm. getting started, which is coming up next decade, let's go to Soldier Field. Love that. And, pl- and play them in Soldier Field like we did the first time we played. That would be great. It would be awesome. What do you think about uh, you're going to be in some temporary uh, press box? Uh, well, for, you know, for I just see season. the pictures on the Internet like yeah, everybody. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to look like. Going to be a lot closer to the field. That's the first thing it that looks like it's down me. low. Yeah. D- d- down low and closer. It's gonna, Okay, that's going to be an interesting angle. I, if I got a table. And uh, a refrigerator in back, we're all good. <laughs> and what I love is that uh, you and I were in the booth for the final USC broadcast of the old press box yeah. in the post-game show for the UCLA game. So we're the last ones to announce words from the call- from the old Coliseum press box after a USC game. I have always uh, been a fan of, and when we build the new one, uh-huh. I would. I don't know if it, what it's going to look like in terms of uh, where the camera wells used to be below the press box. Right. But I always have been trying to do the Harry Carey thing and just run the line down and have the broadcast team sit in the stands for a September game sure. you know against UNLV and we'll sit we'll sit there in uh, at the top of tunnel 8 uh, in that little little TV well mm-hmm. and do a game from there and the fan like Chick Hearn used to do at the forum and you can come by and look at us and you know take pictures Say and all that yeah what the heck I think it'd be fun. Well, you pretty much had to do that for the Oregon State game many years well, ago. Well, we really did. Yourself, uh, <laughs> That's a whole different thing, though. I, I, every time I bring it up, I get I get uh, I get waved off. But maybe maybe you know, <clears throat> at the very end, they'll 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 uh, throw me a bone, like in twenty twenty nine. Yeah, hey, let's maybe, do this for our Arbo, the last chance. Right, like, right, this right. This is it. It'd be great. ESPN baseball does that for a Sunday night game. What was that? At, at Wrigley? Or go out, go out to the bleachers and yeah. call the game. What the yeah, heck? People would love it. <laughs> you would love it. I'd, I'd love it. That's great. Let's uh, let's talk through a couple names, uh, players on the team sure. right now, and and just give me your reaction on what you think of these guys. Just I'm going to start bites of burger or what? Yeah, oh, the, the right, famous Hanano cheeseburger. Nom, nom, nom. We are being good boys with sodas here at lunch. I have to. <laughs> I, I'm coming off a week of. I went to Mexico and brought home a gift. And uh, 
The it's, gift that Mexico always It's been gives. a long week. <laughs> I'm down 10 pounds. I gotta, this was a rescheduled podcast. Man, we, we were yes, it was. <laughs> okay, let's, uh, let's go to the guy in the middle of the defense, Cameron Smith. Well, that's a football player's football player. There you go. You know, he reminds me of Grudegood a little bit, the way he plays the game back and forth. Uh, and and it, it, wherever the ball is, that's where he's going to be. Uh, he's seldom out of position. I, I love the guy. I love the guy for coming back. Thank you, Cam. Love him for coming back. Plus, um, plus my old girlfriend from a long time ago, Cameron Smith, who was an athletic director at USC, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, got to meet him and take a picture with him. So it's two it. Cameron Smiths together. It's pretty fun. Another one who I saw came to Rex and got to meet him. I love how much Ricky Ellison, uh, one of the original 35s, mm-hmm. um, appreciates his game and really when there was talk of giving Cameron 55 mm-hmm. uh, and Ricky was leading the charge you know no you are a perfect 35 yep and so I love the fact that that kind of jersey number has been uh, kept alive it wasn't Petros 35 Petros was 35 uh, Scott Ross Scott Ross uh, was Rex Moore 35 he might have been a 55 I don't remember oh, well. there was one there was one more in there yeah okay but it was it was yeah an inside linebacker's number. Well, P is the best one of the bunch. <laughs> Love it. Let's score some points. How you doing, P? Uh, <laughs> let's go in front of him. Um, and I agree with everything you said about Cam. Uh, thank you for coming back is the oh. first thing that I would say. Yeah. Uh, such a – just what that does for your defense to have that rock in the middle there where it just knows things inside When you out. draft him next year, NFL people, you'll be very happy with the high-motor, high-skilled guy that's – Great character. Mm-hmm. You can't lose. You cannot lose. Um, let's go to the guy in front of him, Porter Gustin. Uh, what a man. Uh, you know, Harvey Hyde, our good buddy, the coach, he, he doesn't like the way he dresses at practice with the, uh, with the showing the bear midriff right, and all that. Shorts but, rolled up. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Get out there and grunt a little bit. He's old school. I like that about him. Uh, and he's, uh, gosh, I hope he stays healthy. He's a big, one. big mean SOB yeah. when he's out there on the field, and, and we need more of those. It seemed to me like he was playing uh, almost like with house money in spring with his injury and being able to come back for that senior year with everything. Just seems like now it's, you know, he, he there's always been an intensity about Porter, I think is a good word yeah. to uh, yeah. to describe it, an intensity that bordered uh, on a serious edge. And it just seems right now like he's a little more vocal, having a little more fun than maybe he was in the past. Team leader. Without a doubt, him and Cameron being the two guys invited yeah. to media day. Uh, but I'm with you 100%. His health is everything because if he's healthy, what a difference he's going to make. Stay healthy and sick him, kid. The guy who is impressing me as much as anybody in the summer workouts that I'm absolutely loving is Brandon Peely. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Because uh, he came in, uh, you know, we didn't know much about him. No. Other than, you know, here's the kid from Alaska. What does that mean? Uh, and, a, and a big furry teddy bear sort of guy. But he's a, he's a, he was a giant. And he plugged the hole pretty well. Uh-huh. Um, I just want to see continued improvement from him. I, I'm, I'm not sure how good he can be yet because we didn't see a ton of him. Um, when we did, he, I thought he played really well. I just want to see continued improvement. Right. What, what a, I mean, to get an honorable mention, all packed well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for a guy who only played like you know, yeah. if half the season. Right. Um, he looks so comfortable out there right now. Like you say, last year he just kind of showed up, a big teddy bear, happy to be there. Net, net, net. Now he's out there doing everything. And, you know, to me he looks really good in the athleticism department out there and at 340 pounds, whatever he is. I can't wait to see if him. If you can I, pull that off at 340, that's good. <laughs> well, how about the picture on the Internet? It was from a couple of years ago, but uh, he was still uh, probably in the three-biscuit range. And his sister is, uh, she was the, you know, Alaska Girls Athlete of the Year this last year. She's given him a piggyback ride. Mm-hmm. And they both got big grins on their face. Miss Alyssa Peely, if you can give your brother a piggyback ride. <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> Come on in. That's quite the statement. But glad to see Marlon Tui Peloto behind him. He's mm-hmm. been out there at, at workouts hitting the sled, hitting the bag drills. If you can do that with your back, if you're to that point right now, right. that's very encouraging. Another guy we I'm need concerned. to get back, get healthy, and have him play and be productive. And, uh, you know, football's a gruesome game. It's great to watch, but tough to play. And, and we lose those guys. Uh, uh, that, that was a tough Tough one to lose. Last it, year. it was. Speaking of guys that we uh, have out of action right now, uh, Stephen Carr. We lost him for a foot injury, then a back surgery. He's out there right now doing sprints. Saw him doing a workout with Russ Romano the other day. Just do. He's running. He's running in a straight line and sprinting. Stephen Carr is a giant crossed fingers for me. Oh my goodness. Uh, that's that is uh, one of the, if not the biggest key to the season for me, is having Stephen Carr. Fully healthy and ready to go. I like Alka Cedric Ware. I like Vi Malapai. 
but I love Stephen Carr. I think he's the best of the three. Uh, I think he's he's got a chance to be great, uh, a real great running back, a great USC running back. You have to stand up when you say that. You've seen a few. Yeah, yeah, back to 62, so yeah. Uh, he's got a chance to be a great running back. And, and so it's imperative we keep him healthy. Got to figure out a way to... Big, what, what, big what, 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 what is that it factor that he has? I know what I think it is. Um, and I love the statement he made, good talking about what you made. When he was in high school, there was some talk that Oregon might come in and steal him, and he made the statement to the effect of, I want to be a USC tailback, mm-hmm. and I can't do that at Oregon. And he's probably not going to take film classes that he wants at Oregon, if you get what I drift here, DeAndre. Uh, I. <laughs> who? DeAnthony. Yeah, DeAnthony. Same thing. Who cares? Who, who remembers cares? you, who who remembers cares? you exactly. anymore anyway? Exactly. Not in uh, L.A. Um, I, uh, I like the way he glides. His speed is deceptive. Uh, much like, I'm not going to, you know, you can compare people to Reggie Bush. The way Reggie Bush had that accelerative uh-huh. uh, speed, and I, I think Carr's got that. He's a little shifty. He's not shifty like the last guy we had, uh, but I, I, he's bigger, a little mm-hmm. taller, mm-hmm. runs a little more upright. But I like best thing I like is his is his early step speed mm-hmm. and ability to. So let's say he's trying to go around the corner and some guy's chasing him. Well, he's got that extra thing, extra mm-hmm. extra gear, and that's what sets him apart. Mm-hmm. Now he's, I'm with you. There's a difference, like you say. Love said. Love yeah, the vibe. Yeah. If you got to go with those two guys, well, I think Sed's going to be, gonna be a good pro. Good. I really think Sed's going to be a good pro. I agree with you. And Vavai is boy, he jumps out right now. And I think you're going to like the kid's step too. The the, the, new, the new freshman, he's a big kid. Oh, no, I saw we, what number is he wearing? Thirty. Thirty. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, but but he's you know he's not missing 225 pounds if he's if he's below that. Well, I'm hopefully he doesn't see the field. I would love that. What do you think about this new rule to be able to play four games uh, and still keep your red shirt? Well, it used to be three. It used to be three. That's fine. I'm fine. It's a little weird. Uh, and you can take them at the end of the year now. The three, I think, was at the beginning. Right? Also weird. Yeah. Uh, so so if you develop as the season goes on and, and your A guy gets hurt or your B guy gets hurt, you come in and not blow out your – Think think about that. Last year in November, we were getting pretty low on, on – after yeah. we had burned Peely's year, we thought oh, we have to burn two Feles as well. Well, now we could have and, and not had it hurt him. <laughs> All right. Does this mean that my dream of a USC-UCLA freshman game could come to fruition? Could we, at the end of the season, before the SCUCLA game, have Tro Babes, Brew Babes again uh-huh. without blowing out all their redshirt right, years? Right, right, And just let all the guys that generally don't play or are black-shirted guys take the field for a game against each other. Can we do that, please? Anybody? I, I know you've been talking about that for a long time. 20 years. Long time. Now the rule kind of says kinda that's all right. That. Yeah. I do think another yet, yet another rule that favors the player. I like it. Fine. Um you mentioned Carr being an important guy to come back. I mm-hmm. think sl- slightly below that, but not by much. Daniel Imator Bebe. Well, how much did we miss him last year? Talk about finger crossing. Yeah. Uh, I don't want him to be this guy. Uh, I, I never want anybody to be this guy. Uh, there's always that guy that comes out a- a- out of high school as a f- great athlete, five-star, four-star guy, and then you're s- just terribly disappointed because he never, ever – matures into a good college football player and he's still stuck on the team and he eats up the scally and all and i and guys he's he's got to play doesn't he he's got to play i mean we've got two other guys yeah petite and crumman hook are pretty good but even when he was in there at the end of the year not at full strength you saw the difference with the way the opponents had they had to watch him yeah he was so good two years ago that i thought last year when we talked in the early season chicken tour that he was the key to the season uh, and then when he didn't play, generally. I don't think we were wrong. <laughs> it killed me. Uh, People talk about Darnold, you know, whatever whatever perception there was that Darnold may not have had a good year as the, the, the year before. That, Daniel Limitor, baby. That guy. That guy. He, We predicted him at the beginning of the year. He's going to be our second leading receiver behind Deontay. Yeah. yeah. Wow, well, you take that away. That's so what's tough. his? what's the status? I mean, is he? He has run one pass route in the uh, – <sighs> player run practices. Well, that's not good. I was happy to see one. Yeah. I'm happy to see him out there doing some warm-ups and getting in some kind of running action. Would I love it to be more? Yes, I would. But uh, we haven't had that Based yet. on that, I mean, uh, it's a wait and see for the summer. But if he doesn't come out guns blazing on August 3rd or 10th when they put on the pads, 
uh, you've got to think that it's it's going to be a long uphill battle still for As him. As you said, fingers are crossed at this point. Those are even bigger fingers maybe than Stephen Carr. <laughs> let's uh, let's go out to the receiver spot. Uh, we got two good ones coming back even without Deontay, and that is Mr. Vaughn and Pittman. Yeah, they're really good. Uh, everybody's going to have to be ready to go to catch passes from, from JT. Uh, and he's got the new guy, too, uh, St. Brown. So, uh-huh. I mean – I, I like their size in particular. Uh, they both have great hands. Uh, I don't. I don't think you'll lose a lot. I'm, I'm, I hate to say this, and I'll whisper it a little bit. Of the, we've had a ton of great wide receivers come through over the last dozen years or so. A ton of them. And, and I uh, liked Deontay Burnett, but did not ever love him as a lead receiver compared to Marquise Lee or. Wayne Jarrett, or you know, I you know, I'm just sure. li- list the guys. I liked him, but I never loved him. I, I never you. thought he was an a, an A guy. If we had had another one of him out there, uh, then he would have been even better off. The year before, super season, and that led us to believe he was going to have a, a better season last year. I think he should have. Oh, never mind. He should have stayed. Yeah. Yeah. What, 86 catches last year. Um, Good. You could have, if you, you, he should have stayed. He should have stayed. Yeah. You're, a, you're a captain if you come back. Yep. You may not get the all-time USC reception, Mark. Be pretty close, though. You could have been pretty darn close <laughs> and put yourself in some rare air. Yeah. So, good luck to you. Is I he as good as Robert times. Woods? No. No. Is he as good as Marquise Lee? No. no. So. Yeah, you should have come back. Yeah. I think that's a, the common consensus. Um, a guy like Toa Lobendon. Uh, been around forever. I'm running out of fingers to cross. <laughs> Moving him to center, we've never really seen him there. We saw him there for half a game against Alabama. Uh, then he got hurt. Uh, they've always assumed this is his best position. The great Paul Brown used to say, the more you can do, the more valuable you are to your team. And he's valuable right now. And you can play, a play everywhere. Yeah. It's great. Do a little special teams work. Learn how to long snap. You know, whatever, whatever. you, you got to do. And keep those knees keep Glad, those he, knees glad he stuck around. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've, got a, we've got some really good offensive linemen. Uh, and the backup guys, while young and inexperienced by and large, uh, have some talent as well and are highly recruited guys from a couple of years ago. Um, it's, it's good to have a leader up front like that. Toe is that guy. There you go. There you go. Um, let's talk about the schedule a little bit. Uh, we talked about those two games up front. You got Stanford. You got Texas. Anything else, John? Well, let me to? ask you. I'll do, we'll, we'll do it at the same time. What's the record after three games? <sighs> Sitting here today. Are we two and one? Are we one and two? Are we zero oh and three? Are we oh, three and oh, I, I'm not. Ready. I'm not going to say one and two. I, I, I'll say two and one. But I, I think it, I. I love what Jordan Palmer said when he went went on Richard Rich Eisen's show, and talking about JT because he's been training JT. He trained Sam, and he goes, "I'm not saying this because of hype. I know what this statement's going to be. He goes if JT wins the job, he goes there's not going to be a drop off at quarterback at US. I agree. Uh, I agree. And to make that kind of statement, he goes, I also will say that this is one of the times that a guy can bypass his senior year to enter college early, and it's a good decision. It's the right decision. Yep. And so I've seen a lot of JT. I don't think it would be <laughs> that hard of a thing. I could easily see 3-0 and coming out of here. I think if you follow that formula of running the football with those that, that good set of backs back there, and if Stephen Carr is healthy, <laughs> but by the way, is, is a right. key element of that, and Daniel Motrovevi, if, if we're at full health. Um, so I'm going to kind of hedge my bet here a little bit and say 3-0, and 2-1, and one, somewhere in there. Beating Stanford? I do think we beat Stanford. I yeah, do. I do too. I, do. I think we're 2-1. and one. I think going back to Texas is a It's going to be a hell of a game. Tall order. Hell of a game. Tall order. Let me, let me ask you this. In, under any circumstances. Under any circumstances. It is. And Tom Herman, i got a lot of respect for him. And, and they're going to be better, than, be they be better than they were last year. So we need to match that. Um, the thing that I like, I did not. I'll tell you what surprised me about last year's game, Pete, is I had the same reaction, the same visceral reaction from the Rose Bowl that everybody else had. You know, I'll never be able to watch the game. Never be able to be able to. Never have. Never, and it just thought there's nothing that can change that no matter what. The way the game went down and the familiar <laughs> element that it had that we've, we've been here before, and then the way we reversed it and came away with that, not that it re- certainly not that it removed uh, the Rose Bowl, yeah. but it chopped it down just a little. That's so never, I, I am able to go to the game now. I don't know if I would ever be able to go to Austin gonna, if last never year. Never going to take it away. If Austin, did, if the game didn't happen last year, I would not. I probably wouldn't have gone this year to the game, to be honest. Oh, sure. Um, I can go now. Okay. All right. Well, you got to go anyway. That, just that, to that's go. the way I say it. Um, 
Let me, I, let me talk about Daniels just a little bit. Two things pop out of my mind. Uh-huh. Uh, one is that when he was a freshman at Modern Day, mm-hmm. Matthew McDonald uh, was the quarterback at Modern Day and really good. And McDonald got ear and broke his jaw and had to be out for quite some time. And Daniels came in as the wonderkind and never lost. <laughs> so uh, Matthew comes back and he's ready to play again and there's no place for him. You're not going to take this kid out. There's no chance. So now he's a four-year starter at Modern Day and McDonald transfers out and plays well. Three-year starter. Okay. Plays well. Yeah, three-year starter. All right. Should have been four. That's right. Right. Uh, Should have been four. And he he, he sends McDonald packing and McDonald's up for the starting quarterback job at, at Boston College, which is no small potatoes. Had a good year at Mission Viejo when he transferred. And, and, and he's, you know, he, he may be the starting quarterback at Boston College. It's a good team. Yeah. Always. I mean, maybe they're two and nine sometimes, but they beat us last time we beat played us them. Last time we were there. Uh, Handily. So, so that stands out because he beat out a really good quarterback uh-huh. to take over a university program at Modern Day. Second, I've heard from two separate NFL friends of mine that I made when I was in Cincinnati. And they both told me that in film sessions and in discussions with him that they've been told by coach friends of theirs, so this is secondhand information, but they've been told, and this is like a direct quote, that the kid was smarter than the coach, was pointing stuff out to the coach that the coach didn't know. And that's watching film in college film sessions. This guy is a has a different tick. JT mm-hmm. does has a different tick to him about football. He's a he's a, um, I don't know what he's like personally. I've never talked to him. I'm gonna I'll meet him for the first time in a couple of weeks. Um, I, I follow him on Twitter. Uh-huh. That's about it. And he seems like a squirrely kid on Twitter, and it's fine. He is a squirrely kid. Eighteen year old kid. Right. Um, but he might be a little bit of a savant when it comes to this game. And uh, and he's a, he's a different deal. I'm not going to call him the, the the chosen one like the guy across town was, um, but he he may be he may end up being the best we've ever had. You hear the coaches at Modern Day talk about him in those unique tones in terms of the the football study. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Palmer, who works with him, certainly uh, talks about him that way. He talked about the. Uh, the draft preparation that he does for NFL guys, you know, college guys making the transition to the NFL. He's like, JT's been sitting in those classroom sessions for four or five years. Right. You know, this, Pro is, sessions. Second, this is second hand to him. Right. You know, when, when he does this. There was a story from the one practice, one spring ball practice when he was behind the huddle uh, watching it with Clay Helton and Brian Ellis, and the play was run, and JT goes over to Clay. Hey, coach, wasn't the tight end supposed to run this route? Wow, already, yeah. And Clay looked at him and said, I love you. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Exactly right. Uh, the reason I bring it up is because when it comes to those three games, I'm not discounting our chances in any of them uh-huh. because if he's as good as advertised, and I don't think he's going to do the freshman 15-15, 15 touchdowns, 15 interceptions right, right. for a really good freshman right, quarterback. Right, right, right. I don't think he's doing that. I think he's doing 22-8. and eight. As a freshman quarterback, mm-hmm. something around there. Mm-hmm. I, would you sign that deal, or are you expecting more than that? I would sign that deal in a heart. Twenty-two and eight. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and and so let's say let's say if it is him, and you go you get through that first part. Now of he's going to hear this. He's going to say, "I'm throwing twenty-three. That's it." <laughs> I love it. Then if that's what he's saying. Um, but you get through those first three games, and then you get the, the meat of the Pac-12 play. That to me is the benefit of if you started him at the beginning. You get into the meat of Pac-12 play, and this guy's feeling his oats a little bit, and he's you know. He's a few games in as a starting quarterback. Right. I, I think that bodes so well for, for what kind of kid this guy is. The dark is. side of that, however, is if things if go south. Goes, goes south. And you go one and two in your first three games, and now what? Now what's it look like? Okay. That's so then, then that's the thing where you got to say, well, should we start him in game four like they did with Sam? You wait, get these three games out of the way. <laughs> Maybe you let him play part of the game against UNLV, and then you – Say, hold on a second. Which that red shirt rule allows you to do that if you want. Can you split them up? 
What's that? Can you split them up? Can you play like one in the beginning of the season and three at the end? Or you yes, yes. Oh, well, then who cares? Who cares? Exactly. Play at the beginning. I, I think it's just going to be interesting to be in fall camp. Clay has said I want to name starters by the middle of fall All camp right. two All weeks right. out. All right. Um, well, it's almost impossible to believe he would, if he's healthy, he won't be the starting quarterback. Yeah. All right, let's go back to the schedule. Okay. No, we're through the first three games. We're, and we're, we're, we're through the first three and games. And we're either one and two or two and one or three and oh. And then you've got Washington State. We're coming. beating UNLV. We're beating UNLV. Okay, good. We got that one. As much as Sanchez has their program heading in the right direction. All right, fine. Um, and they got the returning quarterback, two returning running backs. UNLV? They're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. Well, Western Michigan gave us a little. What's the spread? 26? <laughs> On a hot Sunday, uh, Saturday afternoon? A hot Saturday, hot afternoon. Saturday afternoon. So, uh, 26. That's a lot. That's a lot. Against a team with a new quarterback and a defense that's you know, 26. Uh, we'll see. I like it, though. We'll see. Um, then you got Washington State coming to town on a Friday. That's a win. Night. That's a win. Uh, did you see that's the same night as uh, Modern Day IMG? Oh, in, well, in town. That's fine. But I always hate the. I, I hate college games on Friday night. Me for too. That reason. Shouldn't play. Shouldn't play high school on uh, Saturday. On shouldn't school. play college on Friday. There you go. People forget the Washington State game was an aberration last year. No. We were missing at the end of the season. At the end of the season. At the end of the game. When the game was on the line, mm-hmm. we were down nine. Offensive starters, nine, and we still almost beat them. You'll be all right. And we had one of the few flukiest things, the the pregame collision, whatever. Oh, it's crazy. Jordan Neosepha it? oh, and J- Jalen Green. Yeah. And it keeps both players out for a while. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. I actually saw it happen. I don't know why I was looking. Uh-huh. You know, because you're calling, you're doing the pregame show, and I had just said something, and JJ was doing his response and I was just kind of surveying the field and I actually watched it happen as I, I and I turned to JJ I go I think those guys just got hurt running into each other in a drill which for people who don't know when you look down there on the field before the game people are closer in proximity than you might think all the times you know they're, they're running around there's not a lot of space for people to run yeah, they're around. Just running around and you're they kind just, of surprised it doesn't happen you know. they didn't see each other it was like running into the goalpost ah. they did not see each other not at all it was like a cartoon crash it, it had to be for those for uh, two for, two, know, for tech, both tex avery eyes popped out you right. know teeth came out and everything. right right it was one of those and you know, i looked at them and they both fell over backwards i turned to jj i go i think those guys just hurt each other not a good moment <laughs> it was not good well, as we start getting into the rest of the Pac-12 schedule, who who are the teams that obviously we don't we don't play Washington, we don't play Oregon. Good. Who are the other teams in the conference that uh, got have your attention this year? Well, we got to go down to Arizona. That's, that's you know they'll have Khalil Tate. Waiting. He's all right, and he was a missed receiver, a missed open receiver. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and they think they've got a shot. Um, what do you think of those two new coaches? Down there? Utah up there is yeah. going to be is always tough. People yes, forget it it's mile high, and yeah. they always play us tough. No matter where they play us, they always play us tough. They're a good team. I tip my hat to what they've done since entering the conference. Sure, sure, and they've been unlucky, I think, a couple of times to not get there. And Whittingham's done a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, see, I don't know about Arizona State's coaching. Uh, it's either going to work or it's not. Yeah, I just don't know. He's he's an intense son of a gun, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I look forward to seeing him at media day. Just see if he says anything. Um, it'll be a while for them. I, I, Colorado, I don't. Nobody else really scares me a lot. You know, and we usually dump one somewhere along the way, like the Washington State game. Right, right. Uh, look, don't lose in the South. I think that's the key. If you lose that Stanford game, you can you can still get there. It's sure. not that big a deal. Two sure. makes it difficult. Three makes it damn near impossible. impossible. Um, but you can lose that one. Just don't lose a Southern Division game. Mm-hmm. That'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Even if you lose one, if you lose to the right team, you'll be okay. What do you think of uh, Crosstown guy? The Westwood guy. Well, they're going to be better eventually. I, I don't think this is the year they're going to be better necessarily. Maybe they'll be a little more fun to watch. Uh, but it's going to take a little bit to get it back on track. Uh, Chip Kelly, uh, clearly a genius offensive mind doing the thing that he does. The problem is that when he was at Oregon, um, everybody else was scrambling to try to catch up and figure out what he was doing. Now everybody does it. Yes. And so people know how to stop it now. So I think it'll be less fun and convincing for UCLA and Chip Kelly than it was when he was at Oregon. Except that he's in Los Angeles and he's going to be able to recruit even better athletes than he got at Oregon. So that makes that that makes them problematic. That's the yeah, yeah that's it really the is. Makes them problematic in years to come. I'm glad we have Clancy because he knows how to stop that thing pretty well. 
Um, I think UCLA will improve over the next few years. I'm not sure that's going to happen immediately. Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. Um, a random question here, an event that happened uh, a couple months ago. We had the Reggie Bush case. We had everything. Todd McNair went to trial, and he lost. Uh, your thoughts on that? I was on, on so proud of him for not settling and uh-huh. hanging in there because, as most of you, I was so sure that he was going to win and stick it to the man. And uh, sometimes you scratch your head and wonder wh- what those people were thinking mm-hmm. uh, based on what we know to be true. It's uh, disheartening, let's put it that way. Uh, I feel bad for him. I, uh, uh, I wish he would have won. I was rooting for him 100%. And every time he said, I'm not settling, I was like, I shook my fist, yes. That's a guy fighting on. You know, I was on a jury this year. For some reason, they kept me. Uh, and, you know, here's the weird thing about it. I won't belabor the story, but it was a landlord-tenant case. Uh-huh. And, and I rent, and my landlord is not the friendliest man in the world. Uh, and, and, and they asked me, they said, well, how's your relationship with the landlord? I said, not very good. I don't like him at all. How's it been with most landlords you've had? Not very good <laughs> most of the time. Right. He said, whose fault is that, they asked. I said, theirs. And they kept me anyway. Okay, so, so we get to the end of the case, and uh, we go in the jury. Th- I've never done it before. You know, uh-huh. The case is two days, three days. Here in Santa Monica, and I and I go in the jury room, and all everybody's really friendly and nice and funny, and uh, and we all take a mock vote, and it's eleven to one, and I'm the one, <laughs> I'm on the other end. I said I believe this kid is right, and they're just trying to yank his chain and take and be money grubbers and blah, 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 and and the other people are like, no, you're crazy. And I lost eleven to one, so what do I know? You know, I would have I would have lost in that jury too. And I feel bad for Todd. Right. Isn't that the truth? Uh, speaking of fight on moments, how about that uh, women's 4x4 four four What relay? the heck? I remember watching it. I was laying in bed with uh, Jenny. It, we're, and I'm, I say, I, I haven't seen this. I wonder how they did. And, I, and we put it on. It was just on the phone. Uh-huh. And I put it on, and they're, you know, 50 yards behind Woo. with 200 yards to go. And the announcer proclaiming, this it's is not over. going to happen. It's over. <laughs> It was like reeling in a fish. It was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. Never seen anything like it. And the girl from, was it Purdue? Yes. She didn't know. Well, she, she let out a good cuss word when she finished. She hit the finish line. <laughs> and I don't blame her. I don't blame her. She was running backwards. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's a great moment in sport. Never mind SC sports. This is a great moment in sports. I agree. Unbelievable. I agree. And it got appropriate attention. That was Dave Waddle in the Olympics. If, 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 you missed me on that one. I want to okay. go way back. <laughs> but, yeah, that one was, uh, that was a special moment. Well, thanks for your time here, Pete. We're getting close. I know this is uh, – we're a couple weeks away from being back on the place that you and I love, Brian Kennedy, Howard Jones Field. Can't wait. Sunny afternoons. Hawaiian watching the, shirts. Watching the tra- oh, we got them on. <laughs> watching their Trojans on the field. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be great. I look forward to talking to everybody uh, either on the Rubber Chicken Tour or uh, or when we get to opening day on uh, on uh, September 1st against UNLV at the Coliseum. August 22nd, media night at uh, Braemar Country I Club. I believe that Saturday. is. And I have talked to the guy that puts it together, and he promised me that they'll bring back the crab legs this okay. year. So okay. we're all set. Braemar Country Club on the, the, on the Trojan Club circuit, unanimous vote. Highlight, best, yeah. Best food spread. Highlight of the year, yeah. 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 Well, they're rich people, you know. They can afford that. Well, we enjoy it for that one yes, night. That's too. right. Well, thanks for your time, Pete. For Pete Arbogast, this is Gary Pasquitz. You're listening to the We Are SE podcast.